Good evening, and welcome to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some, like this one, that ran only one episode. This is the month of legends, and with me as always is Noah Houlihan. Hi, honey, I'm home! This week we are doing the 1991 episode wonder, Heil, Honey, I'm Home. And yes, you heard me, Heil. Heil, Honey. Heil, Honey. Heil, Honey. Heil, Honey. Heil, Honey. Heil, Honey. Hello, I'm home. Gee, it's great to be Top Gun, but it's nothing like the fun that I get when I say Heil Honey, I am home. Heil Honey, smile honey, gee, it's great to be back. Heil Honey, I'm home. Heil Honey, I'm home. Even the title is bad. Uh, I'm already upset. (laughs) I'm already upset because I've already learned information I didn't know that is upsetting. 1990? Oh, you didn't know this ran in 1990? No, I just kind of assumed it ran in earlier in television where we still didn't know what the hell we were doing. Oh, no. This ran on September 30th, 1990. Oh, September 30th? Now, it was run as like a found footage. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Maybe that's why you thought it was older? Maybe. Well, it's clearly the Honeymooners. Yes. With Hitler. Yes. The Honeymooners is a 1950s show? Yes. Also, one season wonder. That boggles my mind. But still. Seasons ran a lot longer back then. Yes. The idea that the Honeymooners is a hit, I assume. The Honeymooners was a hit. It's got quite a legacy for a show that ran only one season. Yeah. Uh, We need to make a show that's like The Honeymooners with a twist. Who's got ideas? Uh, We can make it Hitler. All right. Like, that's what I'm expecting. Not, hey, we're 40 years removed from The Honeymooners. Let's do it again. Okay, but only if it's Hitler. Uh, no, this was in the 1990, like, this was 1990. That's insane to me. Alright. I'm gonna, uh, okay, I guess this is gonna be an Upset Noah episode, because I'm already bothered. Yeah, you are unhappy. Alright, so, let's talk about Hitler, guys. Because first, first and foremost about Hitler. Hitler feels very the producers. Yes, he he reminds me forcibly of uh, Roger Debris. Yeah, it it feels like that is what they're kind of copying. Like it felt like they saw the producers and were like, you know that show they did? I think it's pretty good. <laughs> Let's make it a sitcom. Yeah, like that's how it feels. 
Uh, it feel and it's almost impossible to bring up Heil Honey, I'm Home without bringing up the producers. Yeah. Because the producers is considerably older. Yeah, which is new information for me. Because I thought this was older than the producers. Because the producer, the film of the producers is 1967. The non-musical version. Correct. The musical didn't debut until 2001. 1967. Damn. So it was still 25 years after the war. Or 20 years after the war, rather. Wow, okay. This, mm. Let me tell you. (laughs) I wasn't upset before. But that new bit of information's really messing up my opinion about this whole thing. Really? Yeah, it really is. Because I felt like this was going to be excusable because of ignorance. In 1990, we knew how to make TV shows. See, I always find the producers to be a really interesting case. Because the equivalent to the producers now is like someone... Doing a 9-11 comedy in two years. Yeah. So that like that's why the producers is mind-boggling, and I think you thought that Heil Honey I'm Home was like a contemporary of the producers. Yeah, it needed to me. This is now just ripping off the producers. Because like to me, this had to come out before the producers, or else this is just blatantly stealing. I mean it's not even well done stealing. Yeah. With the Hitler characterization in this show, I think he's just trying to seem endear like you know when someone thinks they're cute and mm-hmm. they are not cute, but they are trying to ingratiate themselves and they're like, "Look how cute I am." And you're like, "I hate you." Well, l- let me talk let's talk about the first 5 minutes of this show. Okay. He walks in I'm not sure this was recorded in front of a live studio audience because they didn't say it. I don't believe it was. So there's the canned laughter. And uh, he has a fight with his wife, uh, Eva. Yes. Who, they weren't actually married in reality. I don't, um... I don't think they ever actually get married, but like... They're romanticized on... Um... Huh. I learned a weird thing today. Okay. Ava Braun married Adolf Hitler the day before they died. Okay, so they were married. But for 40 hours. Ava Braun also had two Scottish Terriers. And I feel real weird about that, because they're like my favorite dog. Okay. They're not like Nazi King Midas. It's not like everything they touch just goes to Nazi. Fair. Yeah, they also, you know, you know, probably ate food and stuff. Uh, but the first five minutes, he comes in, he has a fight with his wife. Yes. Uh, about how he's late because now she's burned dinner. And then he says, I'm a very, very bad Hitler. And then limp-wristed slaps himself on the wrist. Yes. I was like, this is the producer's. Yes. That is a very, like, he goes very effeminate and slaps himself with a lip wrist. Like, I was like, oh, the, like, the producers must have ripped this off. 
But no, they're just ripping off the producers. I mean, that's this very weird thing that characterizations of Hitler tend to do, is they make him very feminine to Mm -hmm. make him, I guess, less threatening, because what is Hitler wearing in Little Nicky? I did not see that movie. Really? I thought that was a... I totally No, the movie's terrible. Yes. I got I got to the Look point... Look at yourself, though. I got to the point where he had boobs on his head, and I'm like, we're done. We're done with this. Kevin Nealon, you deserve better. I saw Little Nicky in theaters, because I was like 12 when it came out, and I didn't know better. Okay, Little Nicky rant. Uh, <laughs> I went to the mall with my best friend at the time, Mike McLean, and I was like, what do you want to eat? And he said, oh... Popeyes has the best chicken. Oh, I went no. to Popeyes and it was garbage. I was like, Mike, this is awful. He's like, I've never had it before. I was like, Well, what do you? Why did you say it was the best? He's like, Oh, it's a line from Little Nicky. It's the shiz. I hate Little Nicky. So, in Little Nicky, uh, Hitler is in a French maid uniform. So, right. like, feminizing Hitler is a is at this point a comedy trope. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Uh, producers did it first with Roger Debris. Right. I just got the Debris joke. Just just got that his last name was Debris. I'm dumb. What? That Roger Debris' last name is like Debris, like garbage all over the place, like wreckage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just got a joke and I feel silly. So yeah, so now that I know that this is after the producers... This is just them ripping off the producers. And f- and w- for no reason. Other than invoking the memory of a better show, that's, there's not a joke there. No, like... The idea behind this show... we This is also a weird thing because we see this show executed better ten years later. With That's My Bush? Every article I found about Heil Honey, I'm Home, written after 2001, mentions That's My Bush, specifically. Yeah, they do feel very similar. The key difference is I think that in 2001, George Bush was seen as a harmless, doddering moron. Yes. George Bush kind of seemed and felt like a dumb sitcom dad in 2001. Yeah. Well, because I remember in 2000 or the 2000 election, one of the reasons that people said that they voted for George Bush was he looked like a guy I could have a beer with. Yes. So he was kind of like your neighbor. Yeah, he was someone you knew, someone who, like... I mean, sitcom dad is such a good way of putting it, that, like, he's kind of dumb, but his heart's in the right place. Right. They were trying to, like, mimic the American sitcom. Now, this is a British show. Right. But the British have sitcoms. Like, they know how this works. Right. And they know that they have jokes. Right. I mean, this was of a very specific genre that was less common in Britain, of the American domestic comedy. Okay. And I think one of the other things that producers had going for it was that Mel Brooks is Jewish. Right. So he comes from a place of, like, being, from being closer chronologically and being Jewish, there's kind of this feeling that he has more of a right to be the person lampooning Hitler. Right. Okay, so let, let's get through the little bit of this plot here. 
It is a classic dinner party plot. Yes. The Hitlers, uh, Hitler and Ava Braun are having Neville Chamberlain over for dinner. He is the Prime Minister of England. He is very important, and they don't want their nosy neighbors, the Goldensteins, who, in case their very stereotypical name didn't tell you, are Jewish, to find out. Right. Naturally, they do, and then the dinner party descends into chaos. Now, let, let's cycle back a little bit. Okay. To how they establish these characters of the Goldensteins. Yes. Uh, they are in a loveless marriage. Right. And it's like... I forget the, the characters' names. Arnie and Rosa. I don't, I do, I don't want to know them. <laughs> well, for the sake of talking about them on our podcast, you're going to learn them. So Arnie is just like the worst... And it was just like, he's always playing with his feet, and he's like, I hate your family. Ah, He's, he's, um, the dad from Big Mouth. He's Andrew's dad from Big Mouth. Yeah. Who we compared someone else to recently. It's a good trope. But one thing I noticed, and I wanted to see if you picked up on this. We see the Goldenstein in their bedroom. Did you notice everything was gold? Yes. Did that make you uncomfortable? Yes. Okay. Because once I saw that, and I was like, wait a minute. The Jewish couple next door to Hitler has all this gold. Or all this fancy looking things. Are they going to, like, justify Hitler at some point? Because they're, they're building the Jewish characters up on this pedestal of, like, look at what they have while Hitler does not in his small-time apartment. Like, this is not a comparison we should be making in this show. Right, and like... Uh, I I was reading an interview with the creator of this show, uh, Jeff Atkinson. Okay. And he says the Golden Scenes are his greatest regret in the show. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, he felt that he didn't use those characters properly, like... You could have made the show really interesting if you have these two characters trying to kind of case their neighbor out to figure out if they should be leaving Berlin. Yeah, you could do that. That being said, if the show is presented to me and they're like, Noah, you're going to produce this show, you can change one character, I'd probably get rid of Hitler. Yes. (laughs) That's just me. That's just me, though. He can say whatever he wants. I would get rid of Hitler. Well, he also has the idea of um, that you want to make fun of a person because it's the fear of a name begets the fear of a thing. It'd be like if wizard comedians were making fun of Voldemort. Ooh. (laughs) Um, But, like, fear of a name brings on fear. Like, he's trying to knock Hitler down off the he's a big scary monster pedestal into, like, he can be as much of a buffoon as any politician. Right. He just executes it incredibly poorly. Incredibly poorly. Because what we end up happening is the the Jewish neighbors end up hearing that the prime minister is coming and they go to crash the dinner party. So we have Hitler, who is, let's be real, our hero. Protagonist, I think would be the word we'd right. really He's use. Right, he's our protagonist, but like... He's who we're connected with as an audience member. Right. Being annoyed by these pesky Jewish couple 
that he's trying to get rid of. Yep. And we're supposed to be on his team. And he drugs them. Yeah. So his plan is to get them so drunk that they'll leave before the Prime Minister gets here. Right. So uncomfortable. Yep. Um, And, like, the main plot we get with Rosa and Arnie is that, like, Rosa misses, like, having glamour, excitement, and romance in their lives. So they're, like, in this loveless marriage... She's kind of constantly making overtures to her husband about, like, getting the romance back and he's not having any of it. So then, like, Rosa kind of starts to seek excitement from hearing about Ava's life. Right. Because she's, you know, the glamorous wife or consort or whatever of the Fuhrer. Right. And Ava wants to brag. And that's how Rosa finds out about Neville Chamberlain is... Ava kind of leads Rosa into it. Yeah, because... She doesn't tell, but she makes it so obvious for Rosa to guess. Yeah, she starts saying things like, uh, what would the most important man in <clears throat> the world, or the most important man in England, uh, like to drink? Oh, why would I even bring that up? Like, trying to like drop subtle hints to get her to ask questions. Exactly. Like, oh, and there's a very uncomfortable moment where uh, Adolf makes Ava... Or, excuse me. There's a very uncomfortable moment where Ava makes Rosa swear uh, that she won't tell anybody about Neville Chamberlain. Right. And they both heil. Like, do a Nazi salute and say heil. Right. My note is... Yikes. Yeah. Like, to depict a Jewish character doing that feels unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, It should also be noted that, like, that is illegal in Germany. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that motion, like, even as a joke or as a parody, is illegal in Germany. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's not a joke and it doesn't land like a joke. It's... Awkward and crazy. It's just a thing that happens, yeah. Rosa also does another stereotypical thing of the uh, the idea of the yenta. Right. She's trying to set up her awkward uh, niece Ruth with anyone. Right. Because Ruth is living with them and she is kind of just odd. Yeah. She's gross and she breathes weird and she's awkward. And she's like a little antisocial. Yeah. It's, yeah. She's unnecessary to this whole thing as well. Yeah, and there's no likable character. No, like, the most likable character, because this is something I really need to put out. The most likable character is Hitler. And the reason for that is he's the only one that talks to us. He, at many points during this, looks to camera. So is looking at us in the audience is like, I'm having a rough day. And when a character speaks directly to you, you can't help but connect with them. Because everyone else doesn't do that. Yeah, that fourth wall break. Mm-hmm. So, like, Hitler is in a problem of some sort, whether it be his wife is upset with him or the, his neighbors are annoying. And he looks directly at the audience for sympathy. 
Which means we're supposed to give it to him. He essentially does a gym helper. But with words. Yeah. Like, it's more than that. Like, almost like a confessional. Yeah. Talking head of, like, a Parks and Rec or a... A Clarissa Explains It All. Yeah. So, like, we're supposed to be on his team the whole time and it's so freaking gross. Yeah, it's very gross. And, like, they have a throwaway line about, like, Goebbels being an idiot. Yeah, and... Mm, this is something else that I'll get into. Do you, do you have something about Goebbels? Because I, I'm going to snap again. He's not seen. Right. And, and th- that's kind of the point that I'm making. Okay. A lot of the jokes, air quotes, in this are, Hey, remember this Nazi thing? Yeah. Like, they're not bits. They're just, hey, Goebbels, remember? Like, from the Nazis. Because the moment that we have Hitler and, uh, his name is not Walt Chamberlain. Neville Chamberlain. Neville Chamberlain uh, are coming up to the apartment. Uh, he said, Neville says something like... But he suddenly made up for it, though, with all those blonde chappies in their fancy dress uniforms. Fancy dress? <laughs> I dare you know. For a moment, they almost had me believing it was for real. Yeah! They get me like that every time. <laughs> hey, and the funny walk. What's the funny walk? And the funny walk. Oh, me. And he does like a the goose nuts. Step. He does the goose steps. He's like, yeah, I don't know why they do those silly walks. And like, it's the closest thing to a joke. But it's pretty much like this is how Nazis used to walk. Remember? Yeah, like it's the world's worst member berries. Yeah. And, like, to tie it back into, um, that's my bush. Everything was a sitcom situation, but also bush. Yes. This is very much a (laughs) sitcom situation that we need to remind you that it's Hitler. Right. Because it could have been anyone, and, like, we remove, like... Two, three lines? Uh, or two, three moments? And this is not about Hitler. Right. So it's just so poorly executed. You change a handful of lines and this becomes a generic sitcom. Yeah. And not a very good one. Yeah. Meanwhile, George Bush is dealing with George Bush problems in a sitcom way. Yes. Like, they took the situation of a sitcom... The mother-in-law comes to visit and is mean to the wife. Right. And they do an if-then. If this is our premise, then is Bar- Barbara Bush was also a first lady. Yeah. How is she dealing with Laura doing the first lady thing? Mm-hmm. This it- is... There's a dinner party. We're going to do it the exact same way, but we're going to change enough words to make it kind of important. Yeah. Like, this would have not be a dinner at... Hitler's apartment. Yeah, Hitler shouldn't have an apartment. Hitler did have an apartment. What are we talking about? <laughs> what do you mean Hitler had an apartment? Uh, Hitler and Eva Braun had like a very like kind of just they didn't have like a splendor palace. Huh. This makes it kind of interesting now. <laughs> yeah, they like notably tried to live a fairly suburb like not suburban but like he had, like, comparatively chill. 
So Hitler didn't live in the white, in their equivalent of the White House or 10 Downing Street. He lived in an apartment to kind of just be like, look, I have like a nice apartment. But he renovated the old chancellery and like this would have been a dinner held there. Yeah. Because they had like state rooms and like state events were held there, not at his apartment. Okay, I'm learning a lot today. It's all very upsetting. (laughs) Yeah, I've learned way more about... Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, boy. So on the morning of September 30th, 1938, which is 52 years to the day before Heil Hitler I'm Home, or Heil Honey I'm Home aired, Neville Chamberlain met privately with Hitler in his Munich apartment. What? According to this history page I just found. I hate how historically accurate this terrible show is. Maybe it's not a script. Maybe this is just a recording of what actually went down. To sign the Munich Agreement, which was about Czechoslovakia, which is about what the episode is about. This is... So much smarter and so much dumber than I had planned. No! Dumb! Hate! (laughs) Okay. Oh my god! That's so weird. Oh, that's fascinating. This is what we, this is why we do Stay Doomed, though. This is literally why we do this show. Ah, let's talk about Neville Chamberlain. Like a moment. He is an English caricature. Yeah, he just does like really stupid jokes the whole time. And I forget what it was. I'll try to stick it in here if I can find it. But he had the only thing that legitimately made me laugh at some point. You're a lovely little thing, aren't you? Wanna lock my hair for your wallet? Oh, well, that seems like a fair swap. <laughs> yeah, and he like. He looked relatively. Like he did. Oh, he's saying, I'm a little teapot. I'm a little teapot. British people in tea. Like, what's very weird is this is a British show. But like, what a weird depiction of the British prime minister by a British show. I think it's trying... The show is trying to be American. Everyone except Neville Chamberlain speaks in a fake American accent. Right. So, maybe that's... They're like, look, this is what America thought of the Brits. Maybe. It's still, like... He just yells puns a lot. Like, he's a very odd character. And probably the only thing that got me through this. Yeah, it was... Very strange. Uh, so what ends up happening is the Goldsteins get very, very drunk, but they don't leave. Yes. And uh, Neville Chamberlain just thinks it's a good party. Yep, he has fun. So they conga line. They have a blast. Uh, he hits it off with Ruth. Yeah. The weirdo. Uh, the only thing that kind of goes wrong is uh, the peace in our time uh, document that they're trying to get Hitler to sign. Yes. Uh, Hitler hides in the refrigerator. Yep. And then Arnie finds it. And then a very banal guessing game ensues because the ink is slightly smeared. Yes, because it got wet in the refrigerator. Hey, hey, I found this in your refrigerator. Is it important? I can't make it out. It's all wet. 
peas in our prime. Well, oh, peaches. Peaches in our tins. No, no, that ain't it. I got it. I got it. Peace in our tins. No. It's peace in our time. Basically, Neville's like, wait, were you trying to hide this? You're a very naughty Hitler. And that's a phrase that they say a lot. Yes. Naughty Hitler. Then the the Goldsteins sell out the fact that he has a bunch of tanks that he's been hiding. Yes. And then, does Neville just leave in a huff? No, Hitler signs the treaty and then tells Neville that from now on he's going to be the sweetest Hitler. Right. And then it kind of just ends. Seven more episodes were filmed. I, here, alright, hold on. (laughs) I like... I was so positive as we were watching this that this was a joke. That they had no intention to make any more of this. Because in my opinion, they also kind of just ran out of Hitler stuff to reference. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, they're done. They're out of jokes, air quotes. Okay. Like, there can't be more of this. The idea that there's seven more episodes filmed. No, it's just, I can't live in this reality where there are more of this. There's also, like, a ton of, like, announced shows, I guess, that they must have written scripts for. Right. So... There's, like, archived websites with plot synopses of different shows of, like, that would have aired. Like, besides Heil Honey I'm Home? Was it, like, Chillin' with Stalin? No, these were all Heil Honey I'm Home. These were just uh, different... Uh, these were just different episodes. Like, beyond the seven that were filmed? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, my God. Why? And like some of them were called uh, Ziggy Hitler comes to stay. Adolf that. gets the bird, which I imagine is about the Goldenstein's pet bird. Okay. Arnie and Gretel, new drapes for the Goldensteins, the second honeymooners. Uh, all right. And a Christmas episode. No. Santa Adolf. No. No! You don't take the world's most evil man and dress him as the sign of light and happiness in the eyes of every child. So you don't want to watch Adolf Summer Vacation either, do you? You know what? That sounds fine. (laughs) Ava gets a job. Okay. The episodes, the master tapes... Someone has these tapes. Like, these these episodes, because only the one episode aired. Correct. So there are seven episodes in existence that a less than a dozen people have ever seen. Yes. There is a That's YouTuber fine. named Paul Carmichael who oh. has the rest of the episodes. Uh, we watched a an animated title sequence with a recast Ava Braun. Oh, they recast. They recast her. Yes, uh, the original. The rest of the cast is still intact, but there's an animated, like bewitched-looking title sequence. It's, it's very bewitched-looking. 
And he released that. You can find that on YouTube. And he is hoping to one day get permission for those involved in the show to upload them onto YouTube. The creator said he would never block the shows from YouTube. See, let me tell you. I would think if the... Because I had found out that there are more episodes. And my thought was, well, they should just go up on YouTube because the creator is probably dead or near death because this probably came out in the 60s. Uh, And it turns out that that is not true. It came out in the 90s. So I don't know who this guy needs to ask permission from. If the if the creators are already like I won't block them, it's fine. I mean, I think there's a difference between like. Is it me? Does he need to talk to me? Because no, you know what? No one should see these. I imagine it might be like part of the. Uh, I mean, I I imagine the actors might have some issue. Yeah. Yeah, like. Or maybe the rights holders would be a big one. Because mm. the creator doesn't necessarily have the rights. Uh, the creator is not embarrassed by the show. He's wrong. He. I'm embarrassed for him. Uh, he did it wrong. He said it was fun, but it came at a price. I wish I could do it again. No! To, he wants to. No! Uh, he wants to do six more episodes for Netflix. What? No, he doesn't. No! Don't donate to this Kickstarter! But it, it's fine, because his other... Um, the other show that he was working on when uh, Heil Honey, I'm Home got picked up was a, uh, a show about Jesus at 16. No. So they're all hanging out at the beach... With their donkeys. It's not Jesus and the gang, but it sure sounds like it. Oh my, because I remember, <laughs> guys. You I, can't see Noah, but he's really upset. I remember uh, watching this documentary on something. I forget what it was, but this moment always stuck with me. Uh, this guy wanted to make a movie about Hitler. Right. Like a... Uh, a, a historical, like, true, factual... Like, like a biopic. Uh, biopic, that's the word, on Hitler. And uh, they said, no, there are two people you don't humanize. One is Hitler, because he is pure evil. We never want to see his human side. And the other is Jesus, because he's pure good and you don't bring him down a notch by showing him as a human. This guy did both. At the same time. How did people allow this to happen? I mean, the Jesus one never happened. Oh, he just wanted to do it? Those were the two ideas that were in competition for what he want, the show he wanted to pitch. <sighs> So some executive was like, hey, we want to do this Jesus show. No. Well, how about a Hitler show? Well, now here's a $1,000. Well, the... $1,000 would not have been enough to make a TV show in the 90s. Well, one of the things that I find interesting about the idea of humanizing Hitler is I think that's one of the things that makes him so scary. Is it's easy to spot a monster. Right. 
But what about someone who is charming to women and children and has dogs? This is not... See, that's not kind of what I'm saying about humanizing him. It's making him a person that you could sympathize with. That they're against. So making him a sympathetic character. Because, like, you know, there are so many, like, movies where the killer is charming, but irredeemable. The idea of this person, like, you know, showing Hitler, like, in his youth and, like, going through a tough time and, like, having bad parents and stuff like that. And being like, oh, man, if someone had just cared for him. That's the stuff that they don't want to show. And you would think that, like, no, he's irredeemable and no one would think that. But then you look at, like, how pop culture treats some of these figures. The fictional versions. Like, right. how pop culture treats someone like the Joker. Yeah. Who is a horrific... Fi- I mean, this is... Clearly, the Joker is not as bad as Hitler. Uh, right. But the Joker, in his world, has committed heinous, irredeemable acts. But there are a lot of girls who... Want to be the Harley to someone's Joker. I mean, tying it back to reality, remember all the girls who fell in love with the Boston Marathon bombers? Yeah, and I mean, the Columbine shooting, that was like just in the news. Because that woman almost, uh, they went on that, well, person hunt for that 18-year-old woman who was like fascinated by Columbine. Yeah, like, so the idea of Hitler... Having something you can sympathize with is not something that they want broadcasted ever. And, like, I'm sure he was a human and, like, I don't know, knew a funny joke or something. But they don't want to make Hitler relatable because then he's understandable and then people can follow him again. Yeah. So that's why they don't want to, like show him in this light. That's why they also have the same rule with Jesus, because if Jesus is human, then he's fallible, and then people are like, no, he's God. So that's, that was the rule. You can't humanize Jesus, and you can't humanize Hitler. Ugh. Yeah, it's super interesting. I mean, it's it's super interesting on the level of there's clips of like, Ava Braun filming Hitler, and then like, he goes like, oh, I'm so ugly. Why would you want to, you know, film me with a camera when you can film yourself? You're so... And he's, like, flirtatious and charming. And these clips are fascinating in, right. like, a scholarly way because it's someone who has been built up... Growing up in the 90s, it seemed like it was officially, like, okay to make fun of him in things like Little Nicky. Right. So I'd only ever seen him as cartoonishly evil. Yeah. So I I think it is important to remember that these figures who are insanely evil could be charming. Yeah. And could be personable and nice to little girls and pet dogs. And they're still horrific people yeah. who are with no hope of redemption. Mm-hmm. And I like we've gotten so far off the original topic of this show. I disagree because uh, I because here's when push comes to shove about this show. 
Mm-hmm. Because we didn't do a lot of time recapping because there's a lot because to ter- think about here. Yeah. Um, and because it's terrible. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, I think you can do this show. Mm-hmm. But Hitler needs to be the punchline, not the person we cheer for. Like, we, like the idea of we take these historical figures, shake them up, and see what happens when they're together has worked. And you know what? It worked with Hitler. Like, epic rap battles of, of history. Hitler versus Darth Vader. They did three times because it's one of their most popular ones. Yeah. And it's, what if Hitler was in a rap battle? Let's see. That's fine. But Hitler as the hero, and I know it's more of protagonist, but he's the hero in this. Right. Like, while he has a secret army and stuff like that, what bad does he do in the show? He doesn't... He tries to hoodwink Neville Chamberlain and not sign that peace agreement. Yeah. Like, we're, we're supposed to, like, hope it works out for him. Yeah. And he, I think that's the biggest problem. Is it's not even like a... Hitler has this goal, and this goal is evil, and like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm cheering for this evil goal. They present Hitler as... Your neighbor that you hope has a nice day. Yeah. It's... It's a very weird show that does not work on any level. No. The acting isn't very good. The show is clearly cost about $1,000 to film, based on the look of the show. It was clearly not an expensive piece. Um, it's... It's, it's a, a great... Like experiment concept for a student film yeah that doesn't work as a mass culture piece yeah like you i could see a student film willing to go real weird and deep and dark and avant-garde with it doing this idea of like the first 15 minutes is really similar to Heil honey i'm home and then the last 15 minutes goes totally in the other direction and you see Hitler for who he really is. Uh, you could even like you could even do this idea of, you know, this being a propaganda piece. Right. The cameras turn off and Hitler turns back into Hitler. Ooh, that would be. Yeah. I just made this cool with an idea of like. That that would be an interesting thing to do. Like Hitler doing a domestic comedy to sell himself to the people. I think that would be interesting. I mean, that's why he probably lived in an apartment. But in any case, everyone will say that this is a highly offensive thing that happens. This is a highly offensive show. And on its surface, it's not that offensive. Like, there's no jokes about, you know, Hitler putting a Jew in the oven. Which is like... The thing you're kind of expecting when you get a show about Hitler, it's just like, it's coming. He's going to make some sort of reference to this Jewish company. It's like, oh, if I could only get you into it. You think that's coming. But it never comes. And that's a completely different type of offensive. Because in the end, what this show is doing is, oh, the whole thing about the Holocaust, irrelevant. Yeah. And the, that's why this is so offensive. It's offensive in its banality. Uh, this is an interesting one for me to do because 
the proto-project of Stay Doomed was a series on pretty nerdy things called One Episode Wonder. Right. Uh, pretty Nerdy Things was the blog I used to run. It's defunct now. But my review of this show is so much more shallow because the review of this show was like four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about it the same way we're thinking about it now. Yeah. And I was like, it's just offensively boring. Yeah. I remember we, because I remember watching this with you years ago. And it was just being like, oh, this is boring. There's just nothing to it. And now, like, when I'm really... That's the insidious thing. Yeah, really critically breaking it down. It's just like, oh, there's no reason for this to even be Hitler. You're just normalizing him. Yeah. It's real gross. Yup. So. Stay doomed. It's stay doomed. (laughs) It's 100% stay doomed. The only way this could have ever been a stay tuned is if... They went down that path where, it, like, in the next episode, the camera breaks, and then it's, like, Hitler being Hitler, and this was all propaganda piece to get the people to like him. That would be interesting. But that violates the game over rule, ergo, stay doomed. Yes. <sighs> yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I think this is actually going to end up being more of an off-air question, but what are we doing next week? So, next week, we are doing Puchinski. Oh. It's another famously bad one-episode wonder. I know we promised you Super Train. We will give you Super Train. But life got in the way a little bit, and Super Train is very long. So, we're going to give you Puchinski. It's about a cop who dies in the line of duty and is reincarnated as a flatulent bulldog. That's a real thing. Yeah, this was a real show. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Oh. But who's going to watch Puchinski with me? Me. <laughs> I'm not going to leave, but I just don't want to. Uh, where can people find us, Lara? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. What if they wanted to see us live? Uh, the next place to see us live is from June 21st to 23rd at Too Many Games Expo in Oaks, PA. Yes, there, there might be some people that look a lot like us at Castle Point, but if you want to see us, you got to go to Too Many Games. Yes. Uh, there might be another show or two between now and then, but we can't announce those yet. Yeah, surprises! I mean, we'll announce them before the show, but, like, not today. Yes. If you want to talk to me about literally anything else, I'm at TV's Noah. If you want to delve into... These creepy humanity of terrifying historical figures, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed. Whew. This was a doozy. Can't wait to watch the flatulent bulldog.